and welcome to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. Hello and once again, welcome to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio right here on our very own The Royal Kingdoms Podcast. Today is September 6, 2022. This marks our 54th episode. Hallelujah. Praise God. I am Sister Noelia, and I will join you today on this 54th podcast entitled Wearing Down the Saints. We took a long pause this summer after our last podcast of episode 53, sounding the alarm, a call to take heed. We took a reprieve so that the message that was offered would take a long reflection on those who have listened to it. And I encourage all to go and listen because of its importance. I am glad to be back here to deliver today's message of our Lord God, which holds importance in such times as we are facing. Praise God. Today's message is wearing down the saints. We like to give thanks to gospelriver.com for God is love. Hallelujah. to our King Yeshua HaMashiach. Hello again, and thanks for joining us here today. This day of September 6, 2022, this is episode 54, entitled, Wearing Down the Saints. I hope you have taken in our last podcast, Sounding the Alarm, A Call to Take Heed. Our God is the one true living God and no other can take his place on the throne. He is the God of truth, and his glory will always prevail. Hallelujah. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for listening in. I am Sister Noelia, and I will be presenting Wearing Down the Saints. Thank you for listening in today and considering the these lovely messages of our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach. We want to express that we do this podcast for the love of God. We will never ask for a donation because we want the integrity of the Lord's message to always remain pure. We would like to thank our music support by GospelRiver.com as well as some of the independent artists who have contributed to this program. You can find us here on the Royal Kingdoms podcast right here on Podbean, on iHeartRadio, Listening Notes in LA, and FM Player. Please download and share it. Encourage others to join in to listen to these messages. Once again, we thank you for joining us in sharing in the good news of the great hope in our living King Yeshua. We must never forget All things are made possible by our living King, our living God Almighty, through Yeshua HaMashiach, for He is alive. He lives and reigns. Amen. The saints hold the victory for today and every day. We are here marks a blessed reminder of why we have this opportunity to discover our Lord and Savior, Christ the King, Yeshua HaMashiach. Thanks to GospelRiver.com for Oh Happy Day. All glory be to God. Amen.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, GospelRiver.com, for Oh Happy Day. Saints, let's begin with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses and our tra transgressions as we forgive those who trespass against us. And please help us not to fall into temptations or transgressions, but deliver us from all evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Good afternoon once again, and thanks for joining us. Today we will focus on wearing down the saints of God. Saints are real people who have declared our Lord Yeshua, Hamashiach, as their Lord and Savior. They fight each day to remain in His grace through their love, faith, and commitment in our Lord God. So we are here to talk about what is happening in the land as we speak and how this is directly affecting God's people in whole. First, I would like to express that everyone who is called by Him, our Lord, must remember what Yeshua stated in these following verses. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. In Matthew 22, you will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who preserves to the end will be saved. Matthew 24, 9. Then they will deliver you over to be persecuted and killed, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Proverbs 29, 27. An unjust man is detestable to the righteous, and one whose way is upright is detestable to the to the wicked. Daniel 11.33 Those with insight will instruct many, though for a time they will fall by sword or flame or be captured and or plundered. Matthew 10.17 Beware of men, for they will hand you over to their counsels and flog you, in their synagogues. Matthew 10:22 You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who preserves to the end will be saved. John 15:18 If the world hates you, understand it hated me first. John 15:19 If you were of the world, it would love you. As its own. Instead, the world hates you because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Hallelujah. John 15 21. But they will treat you like this because of my name, since they do not know the one who sent me. Here are but only a few that explain why. The righteous are persecuted, and many of us have experienced this firsthand, and many will be persecuted still. So perhaps you are fast leading a faithful life and staying true to our Lord God. Then suddenly, the enemy comes in and attacks you, either through your peers, family, health, finances, whatever the case may be. It's painful. It can cost us even the possibility of staying in God's grace and continuing on the path of our salvation. Some of us have agreed gleefully on the journey of righteousness. However, many of us are so ill-prepared. Thankfully, 
when saying yes to God and accepting Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, you are always on the winning team. And God always wins against all our enemies and against darkness. We are looking at this today because we have entered some hard and dark times. Let's face it, not all are true followers of the living God. And this causes friction between we and them in the spiritual realm and it manifests in the physical, which causes lots of troubles for the saints working daily to abide in God and can cause great doubt of our decision to remain on our path in God and in His righteousness. Many born-again believers think their work is ended when embracing the gift of salvation and saying yes to the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. However, it is here where our real work begins and can stretch into many tasks on our road in our rebirth in Christ the King which pertain to two key important requirements. One, we are in fact born again. And two, we become childlike to enter the kingdom of heaven. There is accepting God's plan for your life through repentance and the second to become childlike as meaning an obedient pupil willing to take direction and follow direction as our God, our Father, asks of us. In Matthew 18:3, he said, And verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and be as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. The book of Daniel reads as if the events and dreams and visions occurred in rapid succession. But the years actually separated these chapters. And I highly recommend you today to have your Bibles handy because we're going to be covering a lot of scripts. And even though you will hear what we are talking about on this podcast today, I will recommend you go back and reflect on these very verses. Though Daniel was given these dreams and visions, he was not given an understanding of all their interpretations as they were meant for a future time. And we believe that we are in those times as we speak. So everything we're pointing out today, please go back and reflect and really meditate with it with the Lord God so He can guide you through the Holy Spirit what you need to do with your life, for your life, through Him. Let's look at uh, Daniel 7 and 8. We're not going to go into all details of them, but I'm going to go through some of the key things. And on 8, we're going to look at it a little bit harder. So here we will see what times we are in by looking at Daniel 7 and 8. Here in Daniel chapter 7, Daniel saw a vision of four beasts, and he saw a vision of the kingdom of God. But in verse 25, here is what he says, or here is what it states. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times of the dividing of time. This particular scripture says that he shall wear down the saints. In chapter 8, the vision is interpreted for Daniel. Now, Daniel was praying and seeking the meaning of the vision recorded in Daniel 8. And we will read Daniel 8 here shortly, but I'm going to go over these few points. In Daniel 8, when the angel Gabriel was sent to explain it to him, 
This is verses 15 to 17. Gabriel said he had come to make known to Daniel what would happen in the latter time of the indignation. Verse 19. He then explained the meaning of the ram and the goat, identifying them as the kings of Media and Persia and the kingdom of Greece. Verses 20 to 21. Verses 23 to 26 are a repeat of the verse 9 to 14, but with more emphasis on the final abomination of desolation. There is again a dualism in verses 23 to 25 that applied to Antiochus anciently, but now it points to the final fulfillment spoken by Christ in Matthew 24, 15. Speaking of this ending time persecutor, Daniel 8.25 notes, He shall even rise against the prince of princesses, which is Christ the king, but he shall be broken without human means. This is very similar to the interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream where Christ the stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands destroys the final kingdom and the abomination it will have caused. Daniel 2, 44-45 Though part of the vision of Daniel 8 has been fulfilled historically, Daniel was told to seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. Daniel eight twenty six. He was told to do the same concerning the vision of the great tribulations at the time of the end. Daniel 12, 1 through 4 and 9, the same command to seal up the vision or shut the words given in both chapters indicates that these sections of these chapters are meant for the same end time period. When you see the abomination of desolation, one of Christ's important warnings to all of his disciples and us today is taken directly from the book of Daniel. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. This warning was to take note of the abomination of desolation when it would stand in the holy place. Matthew 24, 15 and Mark 13, 14. So we're going to look. We're, today we're finding ourselves in the end times when many of these prophecies are being fulfilled. And we're going to go right now into our Bibles and read Daniel 8. So historically, let's remember that God gave the vision in Daniel 8 to Daniel about 500 B.C., Daniel 8 follows the same order found in Daniel 2 and 7. In other words, this vision contains an orderly sequence of events which is followed by many sequences that lead to the apocalyptic sequence. Now in your Bibles on Daniel 8, let's begin. In the third year of reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after one of that appeared to me in the first time. I saw the vision, and it so happened while I was looking that I was in Shushan, the Saitel, which is the providence of Eliam. And I saw in the vision that I was by the river Ulai. When I lifted my eyes and saw, and there, standing beside the river, was a, a ram which had two horns. The two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher one came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, southward, so that no animal could withstand him nor was there any that could deliver from his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. And as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across 
the surface of the whole earth, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Then he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing beside the river, and ran at him with furious power. I saw him confronting the ram. He was moved with rage against him, attacking the ram, and broke his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him, and there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. Therefore the male goat grew very great, but when he became strong, the large horn was broken, and in place it four notable ones came up toward the fourth winds of heaven. And out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, towards the east, and towards the glorious land. And it grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground, and trampled them. He even exalted himself as high as the prince of hosts, and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Because of transgressions, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices, and he cast truth down to the ground. He did all this and prospered. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to that certain holy one who was speaking, How long will the vision be? concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgressions of desolation, the given of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot. And he said to me, For two thousand three hundred days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Then it happened, when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeing the meaning, that suddenly there stood before me, one having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the two banks of Yulai, who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and I fell on my face. But he said to me, Understand, son of man, that the visions refer to the time of the end. Now as he was speaking with me, I was in deep sleep with my face to the ground, but he touched me and stood me upright. And he said, Look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation for all. And the appointed time the end shall be, the ram which you saw having two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. As for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall rise out of that nation, but not with its power. And in the later time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully, and he shall prosper and thrive, and he shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Through his cunning, he shall deceit to prosper under his rule, and he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princesses, but he shall be broken without human means. And the vision 
of the evenings and mornings, which was told is true. Therefore seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for days. Afterwards I arose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one understood it. So in review of Daniel 8, Babylon will fall and the Medio and Persian Empire will rise to power. The Medio and Persian Empire will fall and the Grecian Empire will rise to power. The cleansing of heaven's temple begins after 2,300 years. And during the tribulation, the Antichrist, Satan, the devil, will physically appear and masquerade as if he was God. And he will gain control over all the earth for a short period of time to kill a large number of people. Here in Daniel's vision in 8, it covers the same 2,600 years described in Daniel 2 and 7. The only difference is that Daniel 8 vision starts with Medio and Persian empires, 538 BC, instead of the Babylonian Empire at 605 BC. The sequence in this vision ends when Yeshua the stern-faced king at the second coming, which is mentioned in Daniel 8.25, indicates the horn power will be destroyed by God, God Almighty. He will be destroyed, but not by a human power. See Daniel 2.44, Daniel 7.11, and Revelations 19.11-21. This is an important specification Men will not be able to destroy the Antichrist or the devil. He will do whatever he wants and no one will be able to stop him. Yeshua does not lay hands on his enemy at the second coming. He simply commands the wicked to die. Hallelujah. The sharp sword that comes out of his mouth represents his ability to speak the command and people drop dead. And you need to go forward into Revelations 19, 5 to 21. It is interesting to note that the voice that calls the righteous dead to life, hallelujah, in Thessalonians 1, 4, 16, is the same voice that commands the wicked to die in Revelation 19, 21. So when we are saying to you, you're not just fighting fleshly men, you are fighting spiritual darkness you're fighting principalities and spirits of darkness. It is very real, but how do you fight it? You fight it through the sword of the word of God. Hallelujah. At this moment, we are seeing that these prophecies are currently manifesting in our lives. We, with plagues, destructions, the trampling of our God's word, and people are being persecuted for their beliefs in God Almighty. We also have a movement to erase God's image and his creations as if it's wrong to be born with what we were born with. Who in the whole creation would be against such lovely and healthy beings? Perhaps fallen angels that come here and try to mimic God Almighty, but from a wicked and stark contrast to the holiness and righteousness that God Almighty granted his humans, his people. The devil is not a human. He doesn't hold a body, but he can certainly dwell in bodies that refuse God's will and plan for their very life. And he can infiltrate the human and cause them to mutilate, disfigure, make hysterical a worry where there was never a worry. Why then 
Do people rush to a poll what should never be a problem in the first place? How can a handful of evilness tarnish masses? This happens when we take our eyes and stop looking to the true source of He, our Heavenly Father, who did create all creation, and He sent Himself in the flesh as Yeshua HaMashiach to atone for all our sins. No other has done this, nor will they. But soon, because of the false teachings and falsehoods of men in sheep's clothing, a false savior will soon appear, and it is the Antichrist who will appear as man, but will hold powers to convince the lost and the confused that he is real. And real he is at evil and deceptions. Many have been taken in by his lies, theft, evilness, because the devil wants your soul in the lake of fire where he will be sent at final judgment. So remember, when you are upholding values of this fallen world, you are upholding to the deceptions of the devil's ways, which is broken people, broken laws, Everything that is of filth and unclean are the devil's ways because this is how evil thrives. It thrives on the flesh of people who will not accept the ways of God Almighty in truth, life, and love everlasting. Evil feeds on the very souls of the broken. If it can make you think you have no chance of redemption or that your sin keeps you locked out of the hope in the Lord Yeshua, then the devil wins. But I have good news for you today. God broke the curse of the land in Galatians 3.13 to 3.14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Curses everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing promised to Abraham would come to the Gentiles in Christ Yeshua, Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Yeshua. Now let's look over to Revelations 9. In Revelations 9, the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Remember how I just mentioned that evil likes filth? So, the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth, and to them was a given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. You remember, a scorpion bites you with his tail. It has poison. It can kill you. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing, or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. The shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. And they had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots, and many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions 
and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had as king over them and the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. Saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river of Euphrates. So the fourth angels, who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year, were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hagasite, blue and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents, having heads, and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, or their sorceries, or their sexual immortality, or their thefts. As a recap here in Revelation 9, on one and the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven fallen unto the earth, and there was given to him the key of the pit of the abyss. The fifth trumpet is the releasing of Satan and his power. In Matthew 24, 5 through 6, it states this. It also states it in 9 through 14, 23 to 24, in Mark 13.5 and 13.22. In Luke, it also cross-references it in 21.8-19. What are these forces and where are they involved in? They're involved in governmental, political, religious, ideological merging. In Ephesians 5-5-7, Galatians 5.19-21, Corinthians 1.6-9-11. This verse 921 reveals the nature of true faith, which is repentance. A life that is committed to doing the will of God. True faith follows the one they profess to believe in. A lack of true repentance from sin and self-will reveals a lack of true faith. The rest of mankind who were not killed with these plagues, we've seen that those who are plagued in this trumpet are unbelievers, those who do not have the seal of God, verse 4. Therefore, the rest of mankind would have to mean the rest of mankind among unbelievers. Because quite clearly, believers are still in the world at this point, we don't see the resurrection of believers until after this worldwide conquest and gathering of nations is complete, which is what we see in Revelation 11, 1-14. Furthermore, the rest of mankind did not repent, which is something only believers do. 
So this is explaining where we are reaching and how fatigued saints can become. When we look at the word to wear down, it is caused by reducing by small amounts over a period of time. By reducing a little bit today and reducing a little bit tomorrow, it causes our perceptions to not notice the wearing down. It's not noticeable. However, our spiritual strength is lost and our ability to fight in the name of Yeshua or Jesus causes us to break down and lose hope. He, the devil, will wear us out gradually. Have you ever seen saints or experienced from time to time a loss in every form of spirituality that they once held so powerfully? It is right there where over time the wearing down occurred in their spirits. The end result is that there's nothing left. In Matthew 24 and verse 12, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many shall grow cold. What does this mean? That over short periods of time, the hearts of men will gradually grow cold. In Ephesians 6, it speaks of the evil day. This also refers to the wear and down of the saints. We must pray according to Ephesians 6 and 13 that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. We must pray without ceasing. It is necessary to purge ourselves and build our spiritual wells full and overfilling with the Holy Spirit. In Daniel 8, it explains that darkness and evil will be ended without hands. The force to overcome it will be from our Almighty God Himself, because that is the level of evil which takes the level of light that is abounding and the most powerful to destroy such evilness. However, this does not give saints the right to give up and lose hope in our King and Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. In fact, our praying hands and our girded waist in prayer work in two ways. One, it rises our incense to our mighty King Yeshua. And secondly, we are yielding all of our trust and strength in Him to carry us out of this darkness and evilness that surrounds us. We work together along with God at our helm and at our rear guard as our guard and shield. Right now, we will take a moment to turn to Ephesians 6. I'm going to go on to read this whole chapter because I think it's very necessary and it's very needed in this time. Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Hallelujah. And you masters do the same things to them, giving up, threatening, knowing that your own master also in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Finally, my brethren, 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the vials of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Thank you, Lord, and thank you, Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. One other thing in Daniel 8, it speaks about a reference of how the enemy will be defeated without a single hand touching it. And I want to give you a little bit of insight because there are many references in our Bible, but there is one in particular, and it's in Samuel 1.5. So if you will go with me to Samuel 1.5, we're going to review this so that you will see just how powerful our almighty God in heaven is. Samuel 1.5 Then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon falling on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon, the statue, fallen on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and both of the palms of its hands were broken off on threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon nor anyone who came to Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashdod to this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod, and he ravaged them and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. And when the men of Ashdod saw how it was, they said, The ark of the Lord of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is harsh towards us and Dagon our God. As you can see, the Lord was furious because he does not compete with any other God and his law still stands that not to worship any statue or other gods. Hallelujah. Therefore they said it and gathered to themselves all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of God of Israel be carried away to Gath. So they carried the ark of the Lord, God of Israel, away. So it was after they had carried it away that the hand of the Lord was against the city 
with a very great destruction. And he struck the men of the city, both small and great, with tumors broke out on them. Therefore they sent the ark of God to Elkron. So it was, as the ark of God came to Elkron, that the Elkronites cried out, saying, They have brought the ark of the God of Israel to us, to kill us and our people. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it go back to its own place so it does not kill us and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city. The hand of God was very heavy there. And the men who did not die were stricken with tumors, and the cry of the city went all the way up to heaven. With God in front of us in our battles, he will provide the protection and render punishment on our enemies. It didn't matter how many gods the Philistines presented God Almighty was not to be competed with. He is the force. He is the life. Nothing, and I say nothing, in this world and all creation can stand against the living God. Had his people Israel listened to him, they would have most certainly won and not lost one of their forces in battle against the city of Ashdod. What God did is put a severe fear into these enemies that they could not apart themselves quick enough from the ark of the God of Israel. This is God, our Lord's promise to all we, his saints, to hold close to him, our Lord God Almighty, and he will put our enemies to shame and strike fear into them to the point they will flee from you because they cannot bear the fear overcoming them, nor can they bear the presence of the one true living God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the living King. Hallelujah. I encourage you, to go back and review this podcast again with your Bible in your hand because we have covered so many points. But the main point is that the devil is a liar and the only one we can turn and depend on is our Lord and Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. How we become shielded is by looking at Daniel 6 where Daniel was granted protection from his evil rulers in a foreign land where he was being held captive. There, the ruling kings decided to change laws that would require Daniel to bow and give honor to statues that were of other gods. He refused and it landed him in a den of lions. But because of his faith and dedication to our Lord Almighty God, God was there so profoundly and kept Daniel protected and safe. This is what God Almighty will do for you saints if you remain true to Him in faith and prayer and follow the Ten Commandments, you will be favored by a strong and mighty King, a faithful to His people King, an everlasting to everlasting King who never tires, who never fails. Our mighty King will strengthen you in your weakest hour, in your fatigue, God will prompt you up on his shoulders and carry you whatever battle you may face. Hallelujah. Daniel prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Daniel didn't let the decree change his actions one way or another. He didn't do more prayer in or less praying. He simply continued his excellent prayer life. Hallelujah. 
So begin your prayer life today and seek God every day. Place your trust in Him. Praise Him for everything that comes your way. This one is tough because when we are sad or caught off balance, because the enemy comes to attack from every angle, this is where our trust and praise must be part of our excellent prayer life, just like Daniel. Maybe there are days where we don't feel like it, but we sing anyway. We pray anyway, because this gives us an uplifting comfort, because God is always with us. Hallelujah. However, if Daniel chose to kneel to those statues to save his life from King Darius, and his laws, then the story may have ended right there. But God blessed him with continued life and continued his life until his old age. And Daniel served as a wonderful prophet for even our generation. Hallelujah. We also must never forget to recite the Ten Commandments plus one more. Yeshua gave in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. In reviewing these commandments to yourself with family, you will draw closer to the Lord where he will help you correct the errors you continue to stumble on. Never give up on God. Never kneel to the enemy. Resist, resist, resist the devil's ploys because they are but smoke and vapor. Okay, it can cause us to want to catch our breath, but God's got our back. His plan is a true plan that the enemy cannot outmaster. In fact, as the enemy plots and plots it will fall into its own snare. Hallelujah. We will win. We will win. In our next podcast, we will lay out just how this will happen and why it will happen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Almighty God. And thank you, Yeshua HaMashiach. There is no God like our Almighty King. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Finally, saints, do not fear, for the Lord's mercy has filled this earth. Praise be to God. I would like to offer you hope and strength today. Let's together turn to Psalms 130. We're going to read 130 and 27, and we will pray these few psalms today in our ending. You can always draw strength in our Lord God, even with a faint whisper, you can call on Yeshua for help, and he can be counted on. Let's pray together. Psalms 130. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark inequities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his inequities. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Now let's turn to Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and flows, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. 
One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, Lord, and lead me into a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise be to you, Father. Hallelujah. And one last one, Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling, with its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Praise be to you, Father. I hope you have taken many notes today because we have covered so many scripts. They will be listed in our podcast site. And... This is a time where a lot of things are happening fast, but you have to have faith and patience with God and trust in Him. You can, we can get through this. And one more thing I'd like to add to all the saints, we must pray together without ceasing. It's very important. In our next podcast, we're going to be covering the real importance of this time in our form of praying, in our, in our form of faith with God, it's all relevant. It's all relevant. I look forward to you in the next podcast because it's going to cover the real reason why we are going to win this battle. We want to thank GospelRiver.com for Fight the Good Fight. We want to thank you for listening to our 54th podcast. Thank you for joining the Royal Kingdom podcast where you can find us right here on Podbean. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Listen Notes, LA. 
and FM player. Feel free to download it and share it with your friends and family. Once again, thank you for joining in. We look for you in the next podcast. Have a blessed day. In Yeshua Hamashiach's name, Amen. have been listening to the Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio right here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. Thanks for listening.